Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting with our friend Kathleen Curto about changing careers and all of the challenges that come with it. Stay tuned. Hello, hello. Hey. What is up? Well, I got an order of skincare the other day. It's very exciting because I'm an old and I need lots of skin cares. Needed your eye cream. Well, it's it's technically night cream, but yeah. <laughs> the funny thing was is that then uh, when I was putting my order away, I realized that I had a small sample jar, like not a sample size, but slightly bigger mm-hmm. trial size, whatever, a jar of a different brand of night cream that I had not opened yet. Well, you just so technically, I didn't really need any, but it's fine. I'm just really prepared now for fighting those wrinkles, keeping your skin youthful, looking like a radioactive infant, as Ade would say. Being moisturized as heck. I mean, and it is very dry right now. It is cold. It is dry here. It's a struggle. Very much, yeah. And also, I'm really annoyed with like my my nail situation so for anyone who has ever gotten uh gel or shellac nail manicures nail manicures manicures wow (laughs) for anyone who has ever gotten gel or shellac manicures uh if you get them like too many times in a row like it really trashes your nails underneath because they have to basically scrape it off and i've been trying to heal my nails and let them grow back properly but they keep breaking (laughs) on the very ends um and i'm not sure how else to fix it i i take uh biotin every day and i have like cuticle cream that i've been putting in like trying to do all the good things and i think maybe it's just too dry that's possible uh i don't necessarily have suggestions because i get my nails done every like three-ish weeks and yeah I mean I guess the other option would be to so (laughs) to just let them die underneath but (laughs) yeah I mean mine definitely reach a point where like if I don't have polish on them they just reach a point where they don't hold up as well um and they break Mm -hmm. like fairly naturally they just reach a length where they're like nope um (laughs) but I also have a lot of I don't want to, that's, I almost said I have a lot of health issues, which makes me sound more high maintenance than I am, but, um, but I do know that that can contribute to some of those things, but that's, you're making yeah. me look at my nails. I, I fucked up my nails while prepping for Eden's birthday cake, etc. this past weekend, so I actually need to go and get them done probably probably early next week because they're driving me crazy yeah I was uh I was doing really well and then I was trying to open up my um fancy new ring light box and (laughs) apparently opening boxes because I use my nails to help me with that uh was just too much this is your this is your manicure's way of saying stop abusing us and start using scissors Yes, that would probably be smarter. My scissors. Or keep a little, like, pocket knife on your desk. I, you know, I literally do have, like, a box cutter on hand. Well, it's in my drawer now, but it was on my desk for, like, four months. So (laughs) I really have no excuses. You have zero excuses. You know I love my box cutter. I know. You love a good box cutter. I love you for that. I feel like I just always, if you're nearby and I need a box cutter, I can be like, Megan, I need a box cutter. And you have like three on your person at any given time. I just associate you with. Well, I used to keep them in my purse and then like, I can't do that when you travel. Well, no, not So then I had to stop. But I guess I can do it now because I'm not traveling anywhere. (laughs) You're just such a mom. You always have the things. You just always have, I need such and such. And you have the things. I, at least it's not like underwear anymore. <laughs> you know? I used to have to pack underwear in my purse. <laughs> Don't worry. Soon it'll switch and I'll be the one with underwear in my purse. That's right. 
And then at about 30 years, we'll all have underwear in our purses. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, <laughs> we are going to talk today about changing careers. You know, I think that there used to be a time when you would go into a job and that was the career that you were going to stay in for the rest of your life. And I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think it is much more normal to start in one career and then eventually start to pivot and maybe just completely do a 180 and pick a completely different career. And so we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, there's no more of that, like, you finally reached the pinnacle of your career. Here's a watch right. situation. <laughs> So in order for us to discuss this, we thought we'd bring back our friend Kathleen Curto. You remember her from the multi-part Harry Potter episode. Welcome back, Kathleen. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Hi, Kathleen. So Hi. tell us, we last had you on about a year ago. Yes. So tell us what you've been up to in the last year. <laughs> you know, it's... In 2020? In 2020, with a global pandemic going on, what, what's what's new with you? Oh, you know. Um, well, thankfully, I've gotten to see you since then, so that was fun. That was so nice. I know. With little baby Eden, who was truly a little peanut at the time. She's two weeks old. I can't believe she it. She was. It was crazy. Um, and she was like the last baby that I truly snuggled, snuggled, so... Um, other than my own, but she, Eden was smaller. Um, and other than that, I don't know. I mean, I, I have tried to survive the pandemic just like everybody else and pivot my business and do different things that I've been thinking about doing for a while, but hadn't. I started a second business with a friend, um, you know navigated preschool reopening and all that sort of stuff and recently sending your youngest to preschool as well and enjoying yes. some like days with no children in the house yeah <laughs> what yes yeah i know it's, uh, it's is ultra <laughs> I, I know it's actually a it's something that i it's funny because I don't really talk about it to too many people and now it's like on a podcast which is totally fine um but because that because and I but the reason why I don't talk about it too much is because it is a luxury that especially in this current time not all parents have um and our preschool thankfully is under it's licensed as a daycare because it goes from infants through preschool. And so that's why they're still open because so many things in California are still shut down. Most schools, um, at least if they're public, are closed. Some private schools are open um, as like a hybrid sort of thing. And But daycare has been able to open in limited capacity. So they have been open since last June. And they've been doing a really good job. They've been doing an excellent job. I've been so impressed with how they've done. And Henry, my five, my now five-year-old, because when did that happen? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe he's five. Um, Megan, we're going to have to talk at some point about all the things about little boys growing up. But uh, it's a joy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, but yeah, he's just really thrived this year being in a smaller setting because um, there are fewer people in his fewer kids in his class because of the pandemic and so he's really had a good experience in that environment and you know I we've just seen his like writing skills improve so much and I mean I could go on and on but this is not why you brought me on but it's been good <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're glad we're glad that you've been hanging in there as, as we all have been in yeah. our varying ways. So yeah. we wanted to bring you on because you actually started out as a teacher, as a high school English teacher, and you are now a photographer, which are two fairly different careers. Just um, a little bit. Just a little bit. And, just a and, little. I mean, you have noted 
multiple times, either directly or you have alluded to the fact on your social media that they're both storytelling careers in a way, but they're Mm -hmm. still very, very different. So can you tell us, how did you know when the time was right for you to make a career change? (laughs) This is, I, I love this question. Um, And this answer is really going to be different for everybody because like you said in your intro, um, you know, kind of gone are the days where people would just pick a career and stick with it for 45, 50 years. And um, I granted when I got into teaching, that is exactly what I thought I was going to be doing. I thought I was going to get a job in the Chicago suburbs and eventually get a job at my old high school and work there until I retired. And that was my plan. It was a really great plan, if I do say so myself. Um, (laughs) But it's just not, it it wasn't the actual plan that happened. Um, For me, the reason, it was kind of a multifaceted, um, you know, everything just kind of came to a head and I was forced to change a little bit. Um, My husband got offered a job. Well, he was working for the same company, but he his company opened a new division out in Sacramento and um, he was, he'd already been working on the project from the very beginning from Chicago. And so they said, we'd like to have you out in Sacramento. And so he came home one day in February, actually funny enough in 2013. And it was a Friday afternoon and he came home and said, without even saying hello, basically, He was like, so what do you think about moving to Sacramento? And shock of... That's an interesting question to have zero prelude Context for it, yeah. (laughs) And, but like, shock of all shocks, truly, because you know me very well. I said, let's think about it. And that was not the answer he was expecting. Um, (laughs) He was hoping I was just going to say no, and then he wasn't going to have to make a decision. (laughs) But... Uh, so we came out to visit in March of 2013. And when we were out here, um, we were watching the news and it just so happened that that was the week that all of the teachers in like the Sacramento Unified School District were getting pink slipped. So Mm -hmm. they have a similar system out in Illinois. I'm sure they have systems, Um, all over the country like this, but they basically like temporarily fire a bunch of teachers um, until they know what budgets are like for the next upcoming year. Mm -hmm. And then once they know what the budgets are and what the enrollment is like, then they start hiring people back. And I knew at that moment that it was going to be a big uphill battle for me to find a teaching job here. Mm-hmm. because we weren't going to move until the summer because I still had to finish out my, at the time, current teaching position. And uh, I I just kind of, I was terrified, but I also said, like, I kind of just know this is going to be the case because um, I also, I wasn't going to have a teaching license in California yet. Right. So in the world of competing for jobs, I was going to be put last on the list. You know, I had had a few years of experience, but I didn't have the teaching license, um, which is okay for your first year of teaching here, but that's another story. And um, so when we moved, I also just told myself, you know, do I want to pursue that world again? I had been working for a couple years at two different schools. I loved both of the schools. Um, but my second year of teaching, I had had five different preps. So I was teaching five different courses, which is a lot for any teacher. Usually a high school, middle school teacher, you teach two to three different courses. And I was teaching five. And so I was a little burnt out and I just kind of told myself, if you're not going to teach, you need to do something that you're, that you really love to do. Um, And I wanted to do something that was going to be flexible for when we did have kids, we were not 
kids were not on our horizon at the time, but I was just kind of planning ahead. I didn't want to start something or get into another teaching position and then a year later quit and be a stay-at-home mom and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, because that was also in the plan was being a stay-at-home mom whenever that, <laughs> I don't know how being a stay-at-home mom and working till I was like 65 were both going to happen, but <laughs> that was in, that was in the plan. It was fine. That's, that's how, yeah. that's how it's, you know, seemingly worked then, you know, for our parents and whatever. So. Right. Yeah. So that, <laughs> so for me, that was kind of what happened. Um, I, I was kind of forced to change and I guess I just sort of told myself, this is your, if you're going to do anything different, this is your opportunity because you're in a different state, you have this chance, do it now or you're going to regret it. Yeah. was kind of my, that was kind of my, what happened to me. I mean, everyone has different reasons for changing careers, but that's, that was my own personal reason. I mean, a lot of that was, that was a lot of why Alex changed careers. My husband was a personal trainer and then switched gears pretty much 180 and is now a yeah. chef. And, you know, we had just moved and there were jobs available in the, you know, fitness world, but he also was sort of like, had always been curious about working in a restaurant. And so had this, I mean, why not give it a try? If I don't like it, I can always go back to what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes I think we do have those moments of now's the opportunity to try something that I've always really thought maybe I wanted to do. Totally. And he is a very good chef. He's, he's a great chef. I'm not going to lie. Very, he's, very good chef. He was a great <laughs> personal trainer. Yeah. Although not for me because <laughs> we were married. So we just fought the whole time. Yeah. But he's an excellent chef. So when you had this opportunity, moved across the country, did you know that being a photographer was the thing you wanted to do? Yeah. I, well, it's funny because like when I was thinking, okay, what, what are the things I really love to do? You know, I was only a couple years out of college at that point and we had just gotten married. We'd been married for less than a year when he got, when Will got the job offer and teaching doesn't really allow for a lot of time for hobbies, at least in your first few years. So I didn't, there weren't like a lot of things on my list of like, what could I turn into a career? And uh, my parents had actually given me my first, you know, nice digital SLR camera for college graduation. That's what I wanted. I did, photography was always something that I had been very interested in and that I had been pursuing as a very amateur hobbyist for a while. And so that, uh, you know, I thought to myself, like, that's something that I could do. And my husband's uncle is actually a professional photographer as well and was a photography professor um, in, in the Chicago area, which was really convenient because you know, I, I knew that when I started, I was going to have to learn more. You know, I couldn't just pick up my camera. I didn't know, even, I didn't know how to use my camera in manual mode, basically, when I kind of decided I was going to change careers. So I ended up going back to school to take classes at the local community college here. Um, and I got, an, you know, a certificate in portrait and wedding photography. I did not know that that was a thing you could get a certificate in. It is. There were several different certificates that you could choose from. You know, you had to, it was kind of like in, in any college where you pick, you know, a major and minor and that sort of thing, you, under the umbrella of photography at this community college, you took the general photography courses and then you sort of picked your lane when it came to your specialty and you took more classes focused on those. And so I took... I, I wanted my specialty to be portraits and weddings, but you could do commercial or photojournalism, and there were a few other options. That's awesome. 
you went from a what we would say like a regular job. Yes. We can't really say that teaching is a nine to five job because we know. No, that it's like it's a twenty four seven job. It's pretty much a twenty four seven job. Yeah. Um, but a you know a quote regular job to a creative, you know freelance. You're owning your own business kind of job. Yeah. Talk to us about those the struggle of transitioning from one to the other. It was it was tough to be honest. And it sort of happened slowly. Again, part of it was being in a completely different state with no friends here yet. You know, we were, we, it took a while to make friends and I was, it was kind of lonely at first Mm -hmm. because my husband was working, you know, Monday through Friday, we didn't have kids and we didn't know too many people. So it was a lot of me figuring things out on my own. I was still tutoring. I, I stuck with that for a while and I would go to classes and classes really helped to um, get me to have some social interaction because that was something that I really missed with teaching was having that social time with humans. Mm-hmm. And so as I started my business uh, about a year after we moved, that's when I applied for my first actual business license was, was in 2014, I believe. And that, that kind of, it took off from there, but it was, it was tough. It was lonely. It was, um, there, you know, I had been used to a structure like teaching is, is very structured. You have a certain amount of time with each class and you have to get things done in that amount of time. And then you move on to the next class. And with photography, you know, especially when I was first starting out and I didn't have like a huge client base, you know, it's a lot of trying to figure out how to fill your time. And so I struggled with that. Uh, I struggled with kind of thinking about how, you know, my parents had spent so much money on this, private liberal arts education for me and <laughs> I wasn't using it at least I could, right. at least I had to I had to really convince myself and, and like write out you know how I was truly using my degree because I have a degree in English literature and secondary education and I thought like was this a waste you know if I'm going to be changing careers it was not a waste for the record I would not be able to run my business now had it not been for that education but, and the people I met there, uh, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was tough. And, um, you know, for those first couple falls after we moved and I would see all these, all my teacher friends that I had gone to college with and they were all posting their first day of school pictures, you know, I, I missed teaching and I wondered if that was, if I had made the right decision. Um, because it, when you start any new profession and change careers, I think there's a huge uh, sense of imposter syndrome where you just, you know, you're like, what am I doing here? Do I belong here? Am I good enough for this? And it took a, a while for me to realize that I was good at my job, you know, as I learned more and I got better, um, Although, man, do I look back at those first photo sessions and I'm so glad I did them for free and didn't make people pay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Because that's uh, those are some tough photos to look at. Um, I mean, they're like, they're fine. <laughs> fine. Well, it's like I've been updating my, my blog posts and it's like looking back at some pictures and I'm like, oh, man, I was... I was so proud of these photos in 2015. Right. Or, or even yeah. like some of the posts that we wrote like on yeah. blogs back then. You're like, whoa, yeah. okay. Let's not what am I even it. talking Just... about? <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. and like and I had to, you know, get this whole new set of skills from scratch. Like I was trained to read and write. I was not trained to like build a website and a brand and like all that sort of stuff. So it's been fun, but it was a lot of 
sort of trial and error and a lot of, you know, self-reflection, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So now that you feel, I mean, I assume you, you probably feel established. You've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah, six. It's crazy. How is your day-to-day -day different now that you've been established and, you know, you're moving forward, even though I'm sure the pandemic has changed things a little bit, but in pre-times? Yeah. Um, I Well, it's funny because I, I did sort of pursue the, you know, stay-at-home, work-from-home mom route. And um, so I have my kids at home and... Now Henry is in school five days a week and Charlie's in school two days a week, but she's still home three days a week. And it's so there's a lot of childcare involved in my day-to-day -day life. And so I have to work around nap times and bedtimes and that sort of thing. So part of it's just still trial and error, trying to find time and setting boundaries so that I don't work until midnight every day. But I do work weekends. That is something that's not that different than teaching, to be honest. And actually, I work less on weekends now because my weekend work primarily is actually doing the photographing. I don't do a ton of photo sessions during the week currently, unless they're newborns, because most people have weekends off and that's when they want to get family photos taken. So I do work weekends. Uh, and then... Um, I just, I try and set certain days to do different tasks because I also am running the second business now as well with a friend of mine, which is like an entirely different genre of business. And so I have set certain days when I work on that and certain days when I work on my photography business. So sort of making it more manageable for my brain to keep everything straight. And so I'm not trying to do all the things every day. You know, I have certain days where I create content and try to write blog posts or social media posts and get those scheduled out. And there are other days when I try and do a whole lot of editing and, uh, you know, and then every day has the typical email and, that sort of thing. But, you know, my day to day is a lot different than when I was teaching, you know, pre pandemic, I was able to go see friends and meet with them and their kids or go for walks. And um, I would meet Will for lunch, we'd like go to a restaurant for lunch in the middle of the day, which sounds so foreign right now. Because <laughs> so he's curious. What is I know, that? Right? Because Will's been working from home for almost a year. And uh and restaurants, you know, aren't really open in California for a sit down. But yeah, so it's been a lot of, it's been very different. And I, honest to goodness, don't feel like I have it all figured out yet. I think that things are just constantly changing. And I've had to give myself a lot of grace because the kids need my attention and I need to be there for them while they're little. I mean, I need to be there for them when they're older, too. But this, you know, this time when they're little is just so fleeting. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm present for them. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean that there aren't days that Charlie just, like, watches Frozen a lot in a day <laughs> <laughs> while I work. Because there are plenty of those. Um, but I try to be mindful of balancing and... I would say I achieve that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the best most of us can ask. <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes we balance things. I feel like no one is no one is perfect at balance. If you are perfect at life balance, then please email us and let us know because we'll have to have you on as a guest. Right. <laughs> God yeah. knows none of us are, are perfect at it. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to ask you for, you know, your advice to folks that are considering a career change in a second, but you mentioned the second business that you started. Um, I did. 
And so I, I want to talk about that. Talk to us about this this new venture that you've started. What led you to that decision? And again, like you just said, it's also in a completely different sort of vertical from you know, yeah. photography business. So you're just yeah. really like spread your wings and flying all over the place. Talk to us about that. I know. It's, it's crazy because even within the photography world, I've you know, expanded to making online courses for people to like take their own pictures and learn how to, the one I'm working on now is how to start a photography business. Um, which is crazy that like, I actually have enough knowledge to make an entire course about that. But Mm -hmm. this, this new business with a friend of mine is called wish upon a shop and it's a jewelry business. And again, I never thought I would, like, if you told me, like, you're going to be a jewelry designer, I'd be like, what? That's, that's funny. Um, but it's been great. We both have our own separate businesses that we have been running for years and years. And when the pandemic hit, we both were out of some work for a while and decided that now was the time to start a new business together. So we have this jewelry business and we make primarily bracelets and mass chains. Um, We're kind of venturing into necklaces, but it's a lot of, you know, fun things. Um, We try and combine like the fun with the good quality and Mm -hmm. use good quality materials. So it's been a very fun venture and it's one that has been easier actually having my own business as well because all of the paperwork involved in starting the business and kind of like the tech stuff is like all the website building and uploading and that sort of thing is all stuff that I do for my photography business and now Mm -hmm. I do it for the jewelry business as well I'm the one working on I mean we both do do designing, but, uh, my partner, Kristen does more of like the social media management and, um, responding to everyone's questions and DMS and that sort of thing. And then, um, I do more of the like tech stuff. Mm -hmm. So we both, you know, play to our own strengths when it comes to that as well. Yeah. It's almost like you're able to scale because you've already, learn all of it so yeah and that's that's been the easier part but it's it's funny because I still have trouble coloring calling myself a jewelry designer it just I mean I know it's what it that's that's the name of what I am but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound right but then again (laughs) I it took me years before I was actually comfortable saying I'm a photographer Mm -hmm. you know I used to say I'm a former teacher you know, turned photographer or I, you know, oh, I, I'm a, I would say, oh, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a photographer. Like it was very, <laughs> I was very timid about it. And now I'm like, nope, y'all, I'm a photographer. That's it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I used, I used to teach back then, but like now I'm a photographer. I've done that for three times as long as I was teaching. So yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. Got I think it. it's interesting that you went into the the ne- second business, like knowing that you wanted it to be a business and it wasn't going to be just like a hobby side hustle yeah. situation. Like you knew right away, this is what you wanted, you guys wanted to do and move forward with. Yeah. And I think it was important for us, especially working with someone else. Um, I don't know if it would have been the same if I was just doing it on my own, but we made everything very legit I guess is the best is is the best word to use for that because we set up the joint bank account the business bank account and um, we got the business license and home occupation permit and all the things that we had to do because I also just did not want to be in a situation where we were selling physical products and didn't have things set up in a legitimate way. Right. But in addition to that, Shopify also will basically not let you run a business unless you have it legal in all aspects because they require you to put in 
your, you know, tax ID number and that sort of thing um, when you're setting it up. So we had to get, we had to cover all our bases. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's so, you know, I think that's great. I think that um, just your ability to say, like, this is something that is interesting and I am going to try it and we're going to do it and figuring out what that balance is going to look like for you, figuring out what that partnership is going to look like for you. And then having, having the, I guess having the, the chutzpah to just say, I am like, this is a thing. I, I am a, I am a business owner. I'm a jewelry maker. I'm a photographer. Like, you know, you, you and I, and then me and Megan separately have been talking a little bit offline this week about just imposter syndrome. And mm-hmm. you, know, you mentioned that earlier and just battling that. And I think when you're changing careers, that's a big, like, especially if you have attached your identity to your career in any way previously yes. to then yes. change your career feels a lot like you're changing your identity and mm-hmm. that battling that imposter syndrome to say like no I am a badass and I'm going to be a badass at this other job too and you know I think that those are things that sometimes take some some guts to do yeah oh absolutely and you're 100% right and it doesn't even have to be totally changing careers it can be you know getting a different job in the same field it can be you know switching schools if you're teaching Mm -hmm. and starting at someplace new it's it's because I had some imposter syndrome when I started at the second school as well and it's really hard to kind of get that out of your head and to to just say this is what I do and I'm making money at it I'm proud of it and I mean even now I mean my I'm technically working like a part-time salary. I don't consider it a part-time job, even though I know it is a part-time job. It's, it's, I mean, it's probably more than a part-time job, but it, it is who I am. And for the longest time, teaching is who I was. I was a teacher. I had trained to be a teacher for four years of college. I knew from a young age, I wanted to be a teacher I didn't really even think about like exploring other options. I was also kind of lazy in that aspect. Like I just, (laughs) I was like, this sounds good. I just want to do it. Like when I was thinking about what I wanted to teach, like the, how I came up with English was like, I'm not that great at math. I absolutely don't want to teach science. English sounds good. Like that's kind of where (laughs) that's like like how that happened. Great. Okay. Right. Like literally that's, that was the thought process that went through my head. And I mean, but I was like 17, so there's that. But fine. uh yeah, it took it took a long time and I'm I'm really proud of how far I've come in the photography world. I remember when I I did a a guest speaking um I was a guest speaker. I don't know what the right word is, but I was a guest speaker at the community college where I got my certificate and the f- first time I did it I've done it a handful of times now but the first time I actually did like a you know I ran through my presentation for Steffi and Ade and at the end Ade was like crying (laughs) and I I was like she's so funny (laughs) and I was like what what is what's wrong like what did I do and she was like, you just know so much. I'm so impressed. And, <laughs> and it was funny because I didn't, I hadn't even really thought about all the things that I, like all the knowledge that I had gathered over the last, at the time, five-ish years. And giving that presentation for the two of you really made me think to myself. It kind of, even though I was confident in who I was as a photographer, hearing you say like you don't real you don't realize how much you know Mm -hmm. like just gave me this extra boost to kind of and that like really 
I mean, looking back, I think that was a moment that really sort of kicked the imposter syndrome to the curb. Mm -hmm. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still moments where I am trying something new or I get nervous. I still get nervous before like almost every single session because I just wonder like, am I going to get the photos I need? Is this going to turn out okay? It always does. But you know, it's, it's still terrifying. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to say about imposter syndrome is that I, especially when you're thinking about changing careers, I think for women especially, we place a lot of importance on the friendships that we make in our jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thought of leaving a career for, you know, even if it's a great opportunity and you know that you're leaving all those friendships behind can make you feel even more of an imposter because you're like, well, I'm, I'm here at this place and that's my thing. I'm not good enough to go anywhere else and I won't have my people. But right. the fact that you had people that are not, that weren't other teachers and not in your career as teachers or photographers to lift you up and like bring you yeah. to that level that you needed to be at to be confident in yourself, I think is super important. Yeah. And that I know that we're going to talk, you mentioned about, you know, what advice would you give people starting a new career um, or even a new job? And that was one of the things that has been the most important and the most um, beneficial for me as I've transitioned and as I've grown within the photography world, you know, from taking pictures for free or like, you know, five cents to now. And it's been so important to have people that not only lift you up and that, you know, cry when you give great presentations, but which was, I mean, it was the sweetest thing in the entire world, but it's also, I mean, those people, you know, Steffi and Ade and a very, very few other people I have in this world that will, that will say all of those great things, but will also you know, keep my head from floating too high in the clouds. They keep my feet on the ground. They, you know, proofread stuff for me. They will tell me when something isn't working or, you know, they'll help me refine ideas when my dreams are too vague, I guess. They'll help me, which sounds weird to say, like, your dream is too vague, but, like, really dreams can be kind of vague um and you know to have those people that will keep me in check is what has it's in a weird way it's helped give me the confidence to keep going because I know that they take me seriously it's not just that they're encouraging me and that they're proud or that they think it's great that I'm doing this whole entrepreneur thing it's that they take me seriously enough to help when they know I need it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's silly at all. No. I don't think that is. I mean, obviously, I don't think it is because I'm one of those people that's going to be like, you are. girl. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you are. So, okay. So, let's let's continue on the advice. What yeah. advice would you give if somebody is thinking about changing careers then they're not sure or they think that they're feeling a little stagnant and they just need a boost what would you say to them or they're they're crying in their car before they go into the office every (laughs) day there's lots of signs that maybe you need a change so yeah well I think my first advice is that you know life is too short to stick with something that you don't like if you have the opportunity and the means to change. So if you aren't happy, like for me, I mean, I loved teaching and it was kind of a forced change for me. And so I had to, my transition to, to changing careers was different, but you know, my dad has gone from being a lawyer. He's mostly retired now, but he was a lawyer. And then he was, um, 
a, a pastor, like a pastor in an assisted living facility and or a chaplain, excuse me. He was a chaplain in an assisted living facility. And then he was like an actor slash candle maker. And like now he's doing, you know, the retirement slash acting thing. And wait, wait, an actor slash candle maker? Th- yeah, you did hear that right, <laughs> Megan. That is correct. Isn't yes. that the, nor- don't those normally go together, Megan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that, that wasn't a, yeah, you heard it right. Um, uh, and he's someone who really just follows his passions. You know, he did law for a long time and kind of came to the realization that he really didn't like it anymore. And so he got out. And so that's kind of given me the confidence to do the same thing. And so when I, and so my advice to people is just, you know, make sure, well, first of all, take a night to sleep on it. Make sure that you know <laughs> that before you like quit a job, make sure that you sleep on it and really think about moving forward and how you're going to move forward because there are several ways to do it. And if you're someone like me who is forced into a change for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, a, a move or the loss of a job or something else, um, it's your your way of going about researching is going to be a little bit different. If you are already in a job and looking to change, you can think about if you can side hustle whatever you want to do for a while. If you're going to go the entrepreneur route, um, I know of people that have side hustled until they could fully replace their salary where they were working previously. And that's when they decided to quit. So that's one option. But in general, I would just say research, research, research. Find out all the information you can about changing careers, what that would look like. And I mean, ultimately, follow follow what you're passionate about. And you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Learning is going to be tough. There are going to be a lot of growing pains involved with any career change. Um, I mean, you know, small business ownership has its own set of woes, I guess, that we all have to deal with. But, you know, surround yourself with people that I talked about earlier that can lift you up, but also keep you in check. Um, because the learning is is great when you're changing careers. Because even if you are going from one type of corporate job to a different type of nine to five experience, but it's in a totally different field, even something like Alex did, where he where personal training and being a chef have both have strange hours, but they're both, you know, jobs where you're working for someone else versus working for yourself. Right. And, you know, make sure that you just talk to people in that industry and see what their schedules are like, see what they like about the job, what they don't like about the job. Um, because also sometimes, you know, with, with things like being an entrepreneur, even being a photographer, it sounds fun. A lot of times, you know, you're like, Oh, you get to take pictures and you get to, like you do art for a living and there are so many other aspects to it than just taking fun pictures. You know, there's website design, there's editing, there's culling, there's emails back and forth and all the equipment that you have to buy. And so I think it's just important to kind of do some research, whether it be online or talking to people and make sure that you have an idea of what you're getting into I guess, and not in a bad way, just for expectations sake. I think it's also important to remember that like every job has its things that yes. are like not super fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. literally no job that is fun 100% of the time. Exactly. Simply because everyone has to pay taxes, y'all. Like <laughs> you have to do your taxes at some point. Even if the rest of the year is fun at some point, you have to do taxes and there's no way unless you're an accountant that is fun for you. So like Right. There's right. there's something to every career. 
that you're going to find something where you're like, okay, I got to do the paperwork or I have to do the, or I have to like clean out my inbox. Kathleen, I know how much you love cleaning out your email inbox. I hate cleaning out my (laughs) inbox so much. And I had some stumbles. I, I, Megan, are you, uh, first of all, Megan, are you someone who has zero emails in your inbox or are you someone who has like a lot? Um, I don't have zero, but I also don't have a lot. Um, so you, I get, I get kind of mad at people who like brag about their unread emails where they have like thousands of unread emails and they're like, I'm just going to delete them all and start over. And I'm like, just no, no. Okay. So I I don't think, I don't think you like me anymore. (laughs) How do you live like that? That's my question. Okay, it's just, it's, I have a lot of other redeeming qualities, I promise you, <laughs> but I, and I, it's something that I've tried to do so many times, and I just have a, I have a problem, apparently. I, j- and, I just have a lot of questions now. Well, I mean, we can get into that another time, but like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, you know, it's one of my flaws. It's a flaw. And also... When you have so many junk emails coming in, like I still check my email all the time. I just don't go through and like delete every single one. Although being friends with Steffi for like 13 years has fine. I'm fine. She's finally rubbing off on me and I'm like trying to get better at that. So it's getting better. There's just one day I will have zero. I wanted to have zero by January 31st and it didn't happen. But, you know, You're getting closer. I give. I am getting much closer, so I'm trying. But I want I I kind of forget where what Megan said right before this. But uh, I Steffi, when you said the thing about the being an accountant, like how every job is going to have something that you don't like, mm-hmm. and that's so true. And I think that the important part of talking to people or like researching is finding out if those things that you're going to have to do that aren't so fun, if those are going to be your deal breakers or not. Like that's the thing that I think people need to understand. Like when they get into any career, because you're a hundred percent right. And I feel like that's why, you know, most photographers get out of the business within five years because there are so many other aspects to it that you don't realize other than taking fun pictures. And so as long as those things aren't deal breakers, then you're good to go. I think the bonus now these days is that there are so many people who are willing to take on those things that you hate. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you can hire it out. Yes. Outsource. Amen. So much. Well, I mean, I, I don't outsource as much with my own business as, but through listening to another podcast for years and years that's focused on business and female entrepreneurs. One of the things that she says is that time is your most valuable resource. And if it's not in your business, but you can outsource something else, do it. So like we get cleaners that come in every other week and clean the house. And that's something that would take my husband, cause my husband and I have tried to do it ourselves, but it takes us like all day Mm -hmm. on a weekend to do it and it can take the cleaners two hours to clean the whole house and they're done and that leaves us time to spend with the kids and spend working on our own things um so i'm a huge fan of outsourcing anything that you can outsource outsource that's i did today i finally i'm outsourcing taking pictures of me which sounds like something i should have outsourced a long time ago but I have made my husband my personal photographer for the last six years, and it's time. <laughs> it's, except, it's for that, time. except for that one time I visited Sacramento, and you were like, you're going to take some pictures of me. I did. I took some pictures of you, too, though. You did. We, tra- we did a yeah, trade. Yeah, we traded. <laughs> and, and now we both use those pictures as on our websites. Um, and uh, honest to goodness, Steffi was way better than my husband. Because I know how to use a camera. It's true. But <laughs> if I, I ever yeah. ask my husband to take pictures of me, he has like 12 feet above my head and the rest of my body is cut off. So, yeah, I, I feel that good. deep. In, I feel that deep in my soul. I, Will has learned. 
Will has learned at this point to show me after he takes a couple and I can give him more direction and say, like, you need to zoom out. You need... I've taught him, like, the rule of thirds. So I'm like, you need to have my head along the line of the, the top third of the, you know, viewfinder. And nope. so he's getting he's getting a little bit better. But Steffi was – it was much easier with Steffi. I will say that. <laughs> but um, – uh, but yeah, now I, I'm finally hiring a brand photographer to take pictures of me and outsourcing. And that's, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm going to think of all the ideas and tell you what props we need and this and that. I'm like, this is hours of my life that I am not going to need to spend thinking about this anymore. So worth every penny. Yeah, I love that. I am a big believer in that. And like you said, it doesn't have to be related to your business. It can be totally something else that's taking up space in your calendar or your brain. Mm-hmm. If you have the resources to outsource that, absolutely do it. Yeah, for sure. Kathleen, thank you for coming on. And You're so welcome. Talking to us about you know your big the way that you've handled changing careers and the way that you've handled adding new ventures to (laughs) the perpetual juggling that you're doing. And it was great to talk to you about, you know, something a little bit different than we talked to you about last time. So yeah, this is, it was so fun. This is a topic that I, I really love talking about it because it's not a position I thought I would ever find myself in. And it's, it's been really fun to talk about it and to encourage other friends to, you know, start their side hustles and pursue their passions and all that sort of stuff. So thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. It is. It's been our pleasure. So let's, let's talk about joy. (gasps) What is bringing us joy this week? Kathleen, what's, what's making you happy? So from last time, I I remember that you were going to ask this question, so I'm not totally caught off guard. And but you guys are going to hate me so much when I say what's bringing me joy. Oh no! What is it? It's the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hate you. But it's, continue. It's the weather. So it's. And, you know, granted, we should be getting a lot of rain right now. We're not. So, like, that's going to be problematic later on. But we've had a couple of weekends that have just been really beautiful. And we've been able to, you know, play outside with the kids and, like, run around. And I've gone for a couple runs. And... I'm so sorry to be talking about this when it's like four degrees in Illinois, (laughs) but, but it has, it's, it's, you know, the first time it gets warm again or like warmer, you know, whether it's like, I mean, for us, like Sacramento does get cold in the quote unquote winter, you know, it gets into like the thirties and my blood has really thinned. So that's cold for me now, but Um, you know, it's like that first time it's like 50, 60 degrees and you're like, it's shorts weather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's been really Also, I would like to say that it is actually five degrees in Illinois. I was literally (laughs) going to say that. (laughs) It it feels like negative nine. Okay. (laughs) At least Steffi and I are both like, we're going to see exactly what temperature it is right now. It's, I want, I'm, okay, I need I need to just see what the actual temperature is here. Oh, it's raining apparently. I'm in the closet, so I can't tell. You but... can't tell. There are <laughs> I can't closet, tell. Weirdly, but it's but it's 61 right now. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to that after living here for so long. But um, but yeah, I, I brought. I, it's fine. I made joy. you come to. I made you come to. Illinois in the middle of February last year and you were very cold and it was funny anyway that's yeah that is that is very true I did I I'm such a wimp now when it comes to cold weather like after Christmas before Christmas I can handle it but like I've gone back to Chicago a few times in January February in the last few years and 
it's rough. You you know that you're so right. It is like before Christmas is fine, and then it's you hit January and February, and it gets bitterly cold, and also yeah. you're just over it, and it's stupid. I hate it. Megan, <laughs> what's bringing you joy? Uh, well, in an effort to bring spring early, I ordered a bunch of seeds and seed uh, starting pods and things like that. My little grow light. And I'm very excited to get all that started. Yay! That's fun. I, I, uh, don't know how to garden here, so I have to relearn (laughs) how to do all of that. (laughs) But I have a book to teach me about the seasons better than, uh, you know, because I could grow anything whenever I wanted in Texas, basically. Right. Um, but I have my little guidebook and I have all my little seeds. I probably bought too many seeds, to be honest. Oh, gosh. But you I mean, oh, darn. vicious about something? Yeah. Gosh, well. it's so surprising. I know. Well, now we're, like, arguing about how we're going to divide up the yard because we have a dog now, so I can't just yeah. have a garden wherever I want it. Um, and the yard, because it's a corner lot, it's kind of weirdly shaped, and there's all these other things we have to worry about, so. Also, your husband wants to put the garden, like, smack in the middle of the front yard, like a weirdo, so. Why? He is really into the idea of a front yard garden. I don't, okay, I, I've never met Bob, so. (laughs) I feel like This is not really, like, in keeping with his, like, normal like attitude about things like he's not a super weird hippie who wants to like grow vegetables for the whole city or anything like that right he and alex Um, have been hanging out too much and their weird ideas (laughs) are like bouncing off of each other and like populating (laughs) it's just because they just will come up with things where we're both like no we're not doing that (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) i think really it's more of an effort that he doesn't want to have to mow the lawn uh, and so he's like we'll just make a whole garden and that yeah. way there will be no lawn that he'll yeah. have to mow. Will Will is having similar thoughts about mowing. He has tried. He's trying to think because our neighbors are like in the process of turning their front yard into a more, you know, water sustainable garden or you know area. Because we do so because we might have warm weather, but we have no water here. So you know, there's there are trade offs, mm-hmm. and. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm just afraid that someone would steal all my vegetables if I had the garden in the front. It's possible. I think that's maybe part of his goal. He's Youths. like, well, we can oh. give them to people, but I mean, that's a lot of work. So like, yeah, maybe eventually. I don't know. Like, it, probably for the first spring that we've lived here, it's not a good idea to just right. rip up the whole yard and plant everything. Steffi, what about you? So, yesterday, as we were recording this, yesterday was Eden's first birthday. Yay! Yay. And uh, this weekend we had like a little tiny, little tiny pandemic party. Um, and with her birth family, and you guys, Megan, you and your family came over, and um, three of the grandparents were there. And so Eden's sister, Avery, who is who will be two later this week, um, she was there and after Edie had gone to bed, she like finished eating dinner and she hopped down off of Taylor's lap and she walked over to Max, Megan's youngest, <laughs> her seven year old, and was like, Come on, let's go play and Max played tea party with her for the longest time and it was honestly like it has warmed my heart for days it was so sweet like he sat and poured her three thousand cups of tea so sweetly and legitimately made her day like this child when Taylor had her, you know, tell everybody good night when she was getting ready to go to bed, she like hugged Max good night, and she had stars in her eyes, like oh. clearly just in love with Max. It was so cute. <laughs> 
So that is that's what's still bringing me joy. That was a few days that's, ago, but it has just it's just made my week, honestly. That's he so is a very sweet boy. Your your kids are you have very good kids, and I know that sometimes you're, you you want to like smack them, but they are very very good kids. And he was he was so so sweet and kind to play with a two year old and basically just do whatever she wanted to do, and you know play tea party with her. It was it was just really wonderful. So I think they're all so yeah like they're kind of buttheads. A lot of the time, but <laughs> in general, whenever they're around like kids that are littler than them, mm-hmm. especially like really yeah. little kids like Aiden and Avery, they're very sweet and kind, and mm-hmm. it's it's really nice. And also, I was watching them, and uh, Avery and Max are about the same age difference as Max and Reese, mm-hmm. so oh. it was kind of like a little like f- flashback back when Max was little and. Oh. And Reese would play with him, so I'm so happy that they're nice to each other. <laughs> that's, that's so sweet. I, yeah, Steffi told me about that, and it just like totally melted my heart. I, know, I sent her the video of Avery double fisting tea. It was yeah, so much tea. <laughs> she drinks so much imaginary tea. It was yeah. It's just, also it's, Max was so wearing cute. one of his button downs because he's I so know, fancy. He came in yeah, his button down shirt with his like hair gel. I was like, oh my god, you're such a little old man. It's just so wonderful. <laughs> it's that's so precious. I know it like made me think about like. I hope that when, because my kids have, have never met Eden uh-huh. before, uh, and because, you know, thanks COVID, but it just makes me think, like, when they do meet, like, I hope Henry is that sweet with her, right? with Eden. Like, just sit yeah. and play and do whatever. It's so cute. Anyway. Yeah. Like, come on, Eden. Come Let's on. go. Let's go play. <laughs> Let's go play. It's so great. But then if we get, like, Charlie and Avery together, it's going to be like, they're going to be like, what mischief the can we house, get into today? The house may not be standing afterwards. <laughs> like, those, I'm telling you, those, those two girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they will get into some shenanigans together. <laughs> oh, so many shenanigans. <laughs> Yeah. So and then, but next... they'll have smiles on their faces, oh and they'll gosh, be fine. They'll be so happy. They'll just be. It'll be a whole. It'll be a whole thing. Yeah. So next week we are going to talk about saying "I'm sorry." So join us back here next week as we discuss the art of apologizing or not apologizing. Until then, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon.